Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Turn up your volume, because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast, with Tony Marinero. Sports entertainment, like no other, it's gonna be sick. Brought to you by Cherry River Hard Seltzer. Only 90 calories, natural flavors, and no preservatives. Now available in Quebec Grocery and The Beer Store. And Johnny Bootlegger's Whiskey Old Fashioned is both refreshing and authentic to the classic cocktail. Available now at Saks Near You. Marinero, the sick podcast, and the Montreal Canadiens lost to the Pittsburgh Penguins at the Bell Center by a score of six to nothing. I repeat. Pittsburgh Globetrotters 6, Montreal Generals 0. That's what it looked like. Happy to talk Habs and Penguins with Jared Book of Habs Eyes on the Prize. What's going on, Jared? How are you, Tony? The book is out (laughs) on the Montreal Canadiens, and that's why I called you tonight. Um, The game synonymous of the season thus far, 19 games in. The Canadians with only 10 points to show for it, Jared, a disaster. Yeah, I, I think at this point, you're, you're wondering where rock bottom is. And just when you think they hit it, they keep digging. And 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 it's it's really, you know, you're, there was a stretch of, of last couple of weeks where there were positives. They were playing well, even though they were losing. But I mean, this game, not, not really much to go on positive uh, in this one. It was just, just bad. I think Dominic Ducharme even said that word a lot in the post-game press conference, they were bad. It was it was a bad game. He did. Hey, listen, I, I was watching RDS after the game. Guy Boucher went to the defense of Dominic Ducharme saying, this is not a system problem. This is an individual problem. But my question is, well, then how are the individuals looking within that system? I mean, I, and I, I, I've said this example before. Look, don't get me wrong. I'm going to tell you exactly what I tweeted earlier this evening, all right? There's no doubt that the Habs without Price, without Weber, without Edmondson, without Byron, it's hurt the Canadians. There's no doubt the players that left for other teams and the Canadians weren't able to replace or did try to replace them, but the Canadians are inferior. It has hurt the Canadians. But I say, and Jared, I maintain that with the players that Dominic Ducharme has at his availability, and yes, the team is flawed. Every centerman, in my opinion, is playing a spot above where they should be. They lack toughness at the forward position. 
They could use two mobile puck-moving defensemen. All of that, it's all true. All of it. But I think it's also true that Dominic Ducharme's not getting the most out of his players. And I think it's also true that if everyone is failing, it doesn't look good on the teacher. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, you can you can say a lot of things. There are a lot of excuses that are already made here for Mark Bergevin and for Dominic Ducharme. But the fact of the matter is he knew for months that Shea Weber was not going to be playing this season. And he replaced him with David Savard and Chris Weidman. Uh, Dominic Ducharme, is it, is it not a system issue? It might not be a system issue. But if it's an execution issue, that still comes down to the coaching staff. And, and at a certain point, this team, yes, is it worse than the one that made the Stanley Cup final last year? Absolutely. You, you said it. But is it this bad? I don't think so. I, I, don't, I don't think I'm even being optimistic by saying that. I think that this team has talent. You, you look up and down the roster. Tyler Toffoli is not playing the way he played last season. Josh Anderson, Jeff Petrie. You know, yes, there could be injuries involved here. And I think in Petrie's case, uh, I think I would hope so. But, but at a certain point, even if it comes down to execution and it's not the system, that's still on Dominic Ducharme and his coaching staff. Brendan Gallagher is not playing his best talking. You know what? I want to talk to you about Brendan Gallagher. Reason being is he struggled at the beginning of the season. You can tell he was clearly frustrated. He's trying to find his game. Cole Caulfield gets sent down to the Laval Rocket. Two weeks and six games later, he gets called up. Cole's back on the number one line. Brendan's back down on the third line. And look, I'm happy Cole Caulfield got an opportunity. I still think he should be in Laval for most of the season, if not the entire season, for many reasons, many reasons. But between you and I, like a guy like Gallagher must not be happy that Cole gets called up with, you know, and goes straight back up to the first line. I know he's a team guy, but he must not be happy. Yeah, I, you know, it, it's tough because you look at this team the way it's built. And and when Cole Caulfield is there and 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 you have a full lineup, there, there's someone who's going to be on the fourth line even who probably doesn't deserve to be there. Today it was Arturi Lekkanen. And, and, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough, it's, it's, it's part of the thing we were talking about before. There, there's, this team has depth, but it's, it just feels like nothing is cohesive and, and nothing is, is put together with, with a plan. I, I don't think that, and it comes down to what you were saying before, no one is really put in a position to succeed here. And, and I think that that's on Dominic Ducharme somewhat. And I, I think it's on Mark Bergevin because, look, you can say that the Jesperi Kotkaniemi offer sheet caught him off guard, but at the same time, I don't think that they're a Kotkaniemi away from putting people in the right position. I think it comes down to not adequately replacing Philip Deneau, and once it became clear that he wasn't going to be back, not replacing him, not, not having a plan in place. And it's the same thing you can go back years when it came to Alexander Radulov, Andrei Markov. The issue was not that he let them go. The issue is that he never replaced them. And and it just seems that when he is, you know, set on in his ways, and that's fine. He has a salary cap to manage. But at the same time, you have a team to manage, and you have to have those contingency plans. And he's proven that he doesn't have that in place. You know? It, Jared, they almost whoever. Jared, they almost went like they went for they went for a triple when they traded Subban for Weber, right? And I don't want to go back on that trade, but they went uh, to win in the very short term when they made that deal, okay? Uh, in Weber's fifth season as a Hab, which was his last season, 
they they went all in. They spent up to the cap. I mean, they had no room to even call up players because they were maxed out. And they went for Corey Perry, and they went for Eric Stahl, and they made the move for Jake Allen, and they had made the move for Joel Edmondson, and they, they, they were maxed out, okay? They went all in. And then they lost guys because contracts were up. Some guys were older. They tried to bring in other guys, and... You know, Weber now is done. We know that and all that stuff. What they tried to do, like you just said, was not sustainable. And this is why I always go to a rebuild. And some people tell me why the rebuild. And I tell them because a rebuild, if done properly, can be sustainable for about five years. So you could be bad for about three or four you could then sustain what you've tried to build for about four or five minimum, minimum years. That at least has a stability of about five years. And you know what? Doesn't guarantee a cup. I get it. Only one team wins the Stanley Cup at the end of the year. But if you're bad for an extended period of time, eventually you're going to end up drafting one or two excellent players it's just the law of averages you're not going to draft bad all the time and it's not going to be a bad draft all the time so you're going to end up landing a couple of guys and you know if you end up landing and i get it crosby and mcdavid are generational players okay you and and nathan mckinnon's close to it but if you end up landing a, a nathan mckinnon type player a huberdo type player a Barkoff type player, a Marner type player, a Kane type player, a Matthews type player. You end up drafting one of these guys, you're going to have an excited fan base. You're going to have people who are not going to mind going to the game and spending hundreds of dollars. Instead, who are people going to watch on the Canadians right now? Who are they going to watch? You know, I tweeted this earlier. But it was brought to my attention that before the puck dropped, somebody sold two tickets or put up for sale two tickets in section 123 DD. That's the fourth row because it starts at double A. That's the fourth row, if memory serves me well, for 20 bucks for the pair. $10 of which were, were, were service charges or, or shipping charges, whatever it was. Do you understand what I'm getting at? If you rebuild... <laughs> I don't guarantee you a cup, but you're going to, you're going to end up drafting one or two players that people are going to want to go watch. No. Yeah, absolutely. But the thing is, I don't even think this team needs a full rebuild because they're already kind of partially there. You have Nick Suzuki, you have Cole Caulfield, you have, you have guys that, that you can build around long-term and not only in just short-term, but, but you mentioned the Weber trade. Look, Shea Weber did not break overnight. Right, he didn't break during that final run. He had five years to try and figure out a plan for replacing Shea Weber, and part of that—that's a great point, Jared. Because sorry for cutting you yeah. off here, but I just want to add that's a great point because when he made that deal, he had a lot of mileage in him, and a lot of people brought that to Bergevin's attention, saying, "Aren't you concerned of the mileage that he has on him?" And he said he wasn't concerned at the time, but five years later. The truck went in the garage and it never came out. Yeah, I, I think part of the problem with this kind of half and half that Bergevin 
has been on for the last few years is that he he kept on he looked at Shea Weber he looked at Carey Price and he just had in the back of his mind that he could not waste that he couldn't waste that that you know their I mean they're past their prime for a couple of years now but he couldn't waste their their contracts and so I think that that's part of the reason why it was kind of a half rebuild or a reset as he as he likes to call it. But at the same time, but I hope Jared, I hope he's still yeah. not thinking that because if he's thinking, you know what, Price is going to come back. I can't <laughs> waste him. Petrie is at that age too. Price and Petrie are thirty-four. I can't waste Petrie either. Gallagher's going to be thirty. I owe it to him. I can't waste him either. I hope he's not thinking that, Jared. I hope you he's not. And this is where a lot of people say, "Will he be the general manager going forward, or he won't?" I find look. I think they should rebuild. And if they do, I think it would be very hard to happen with Mark Bergevin because he gave Price the contract. He gave Petrie the contract. He gave Gallagher the contract. He loves these guys. And, you know, I just, I'd have a hard time seeing him actually part ways with them. Absolutely. And I think that's where, you know, you mentioned the tickets and Jeff Molson sees that as well, right? Like, you know, yes, the ticket's already sold. He has his money. But at a certain point, the Bell Center's not selling out. And yes, part of that is because of the pandemic. Yes, the, there's there's a lot of issues at play here. But at a certain point, we need to know where the Canadians are going, right? It's a long season. There's still, what, 67, 65 games left in, in this season? 63. But, uh, 63 games. At a, at a certain point, there's a general manager who doesn't have a contract next season. What what direction is this team going in? And at a certain point, he has to make a decision. Whether it's Mark Bergevin, whether it's not Mark Bergevin, in order for this team to really go forward, they need to stop turning in circles. And I think that's where we are right now. And, you know, listen, he, he likes to, you know, it's not maybe costing him money yet, but at a certain point it will. And and I think that, you know, he has to make a decision here one way or the other. You know, if, if he's satisfied with Mark Bergevin and there's arguments for that, I don't necessarily think that there's more pros than cons, but there's arguments to keep Mark Bergevin, then sign him to an extension. There's no reason to keep this going on, especially as the team keeps losing. Well, listen, I, I think for me, it's become pretty apparent what he's going to do. He well, wants, I, to, I, replace, I, I, I he wants so. to replace Mark Bergevin, but he's looking for a general manager who speaks French. And there, you know, there's not too many of those around. And this no, is, and you know what, this is, um, they're going to get it wrong again. <laughs> they're going to get it wrong again because they're going to bring in somebody who's not ready, most likely. Um, but that person will get the job because they're either Francophone or they speak French. It's just the way it's going to go down. And well, um, it's, it's like what happened with Mark Bergevin, right? I mean, you, you, yes, he's been right here for 10 years, right? But you can split his tenure into maybe two or even three sections of where you see a noticeable improvement, right? It, it, it almost overnight, where it went from a team that was toiling in, in, in the bottom of, of the league or, or middle league, you know, struggling, to, to a team that really was starting to build through the draft. And, and you can see that about 2016, 2017 is when the kind of flip, the switch flipped. And, and at this point, you know, if you hire a GM who doesn't have experience, and let's face it, if you're hiring someone French, they don't have experience. Uh, it's Are you going to go in that cycle again? Is it somebody who has maybe a little bit more front office experience? You know, the, the names are out there. The names everyone knows, right? You know, you're looking at 
what Martin Madden in uh, in Anaheim. You're looking at Matthew Darsh in, in Tampa. Patrick Roy. Patrick I think Roy, that, I yeah. think he, I think he won't be this. You know, I think we can't discard him. No. Uh, you know, the only challenge is, I mean, the way I look at it is, if you hire Patrick Roy as your new GM, he's going to end up being the GM, the coach, the goalie coach, the assistant coach, <laughs> the part owner. Uh, he's going to want to own the team, basically. It's just <laughs> look, I could be wrong. Yeah. It's just the feeling I get. It. You know, the one positive. I would see about Patrick Roy as a general manager is he will not be dictated by the media. There's a certain sector of the media that, as you know, is very influential and ownership groups, management teams, coaching staffs have succumbed to some of their requests have at times um, given in to some of their pressure. And I don't think Patrick Roy would be like that. I think yeah. he would be the first guy in a long time that would put the media in their place. That's the only good I think I can see out of it. <laughs> the only good. I, I, I really, I don't think I could see any other good. Yeah, you know, I, I think what ha- what's going to happen with Patrick Watt, if he if he's the guy that gets hired, it's either going to be a great success or it's going to fail really quick. You're going to know your answer within two three seasons, and, and that's just the way it is. It, that's what's going to happen is that either it's going to be, uh, you know, look, you can go back to to Mario Tremblay. Right? When Mario Tremblay first got hired as a coach of the Canadians, yeah, like they were like 12, 12 0 and one to start. You know, people look back at that era as, as kind of disaster. And yes, there were signs that it was a really bad choice right away. But I remember Montreal Gazette headlines saying, you know, Super Mario during that, that early run. So, I mean, it, it's it, it, it's it's going to be spectacular if they hire Patrick Wall. But I don't know if it's going to be good or bad yet. But it's, it's, uh, it's not going to be boring. It's a sick podcast, and it's brought to you by Cherry River. Hard seltzer, only 90 calories, natural flavors, no preservatives now available in Quebec grocery stores and the beer store. All right, okay, so look, the Penguins, um, they got out of period number one, up by a score, three to nothing. It was just over three and a half minutes in. Sidney Crosby scores on a a tic-tac-toe goal with Rust to Gensel to Crosby, which took Caden Primo out of his net. I mean, that's when you knew right then and there it was going to be a long night. I mean, the Penguins made it look so easy, Jared. Yeah, you know, look, the Canadians do some things well, but over the last few years, defensive zone coverage is not one of them. And and a team like the Penguins is going to cost you. And and Caden Primo, in his in his time in the NHL and even in the AHL, he, he's very aggressive. He, he likes to, to play. He likes to move around a lot. And... You know, NHL players, especially guys like Sidney Crosby, are gonna are gonna make you pay for that, and and that's one of the things. Jared, I'm happy he played because he deserved it after his last performance in New York. But I mean, you know, he's not ready, and a lot of people are saying it's a lost season. Play the young players. I have a total different uh, school of thought on that. It's a lost season. Play your 28, 29, 30 year old vets who don't have a ceiling. Take the young players and play them 20-plus minutes a game. Take Caden Primo and play him 60-plus games at the American Hockey League level. They have to develop there. Cole Caulfield, he showed flashes tonight, Jared. There were two shifts, one in particular where he was buzzing the entire shift. I thought he was fantastic. But you look at the score sheet at the end of the night, Jared. 
He's got zero goals. He's got zero assists. He's got zero points. He has only one shot, and he's minus three in over 15 minutes. Yeah. He needs to go down and learn the game still. Look, it looked like that's what they were doing, right? When you send down Cole Caulfield and you call up Michael Pizzetta, no disrespect to Michael Pizzetta, but you don't do that to make the playoffs this season. You just don't, right? There's no... There's no world where where that makes the Canadians a better team. You know, even if you're gonna try and, and improve the NHL team, there's there's options in Laval. There's Laurent Dauphin. There's guys in Laval who are better than than Michael Pizzetta. And again, no disrespect to Michael Pizzetta, he brings something that the Canadians need probably a little bit more of. But at the same time, that's what they would look like they were doing. They had Paling in, in Laval. They had Primo in Laval. They had Caulfield in Laval. They had Norlander in Laval for a few games. They were all in the NHL tonight. And so it just makes me think, is there even a plan? Like, what's 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 the plan? Is the plan to have the kids in, in Laval to, to set up a playoff run? I don't or- think there's a plan. This is this is not this is not a cell phone plan. This is pay as you go. Remember when they had those pay as you go cards? You you buy yeah. the card and you pay as you go. They are pay as you go right now. Uh, Norlander, you brought him up. Let's talk about him if we can. Um, he played 17 minutes and 39. He was actually an even on a night when they lost by a score of six to four. It was Ben Sherratt had a terrible night, minus four. Jeff Petrie, minus three. Kulak, minus one on uh, on defense. Romanov was a minus two. David Savard and Matthias Norlander were actually an even on the night. Jared, once again, I thought he showed some flashes. He's going to be a good player. He'll be in the National Hockey League one day, but he's not ready. Send them back to Sweden. Yeah, absolutely. But but you know you know why Norlander looks so good on this team is because he does what he does well is something that nothing nobody else on this team does. Correct on, on defense. Correct. And and the thing is, is that nobody can play defense well right now, right? Like nobody is playing well. Jeff Petrie, Ben Chirot, Pulat, no no one is playing defense well. So Norlander doesn't look out of place in his own end either. So. It's 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 tough because I think that if you can send all those guys to Laval, that's what you would do. But you can't send Norlander to Laval. Uh, you can't send Romanov to Laval. So it, it, they're they're a little bit caught there. But yeah, I, I think that he's going to be exactly what they'll need in maybe even next year, as soon as next year. But I, I think that yeah, he's going to go back to Sweden. I don't have any doubt there. But I, I think that he showed more in the NHL tonight than he did in his in his three games in the AHL. Heinen oh, yeah, and Gensel score to cap off the first period. I thought that Primo should have had Gensel shot. They're down 3 nothing at the end of one. In the second, it's Bluger and McGinn. And at the end of the second, to start the third, Dominic Ducharme says, Caden, your night is over. In comes Samuel Montambeau. What did you think of him pulling uh, Primo after the second? I think it was a smart move. I mean, it was a similar to his start that was in Toronto last year. Yeah. Um, late in the year where he just was not good and they didn't want to put in, uh, I think it was, it was Allen at the time who was, it was the backup at that point. Didn't want to put him in, in the middle of a period. Um, and, and I think that that was the right move. Look, you know, I think it was Mark Denis who, who said it on RDS earlier in the game where it's just, you, you don't want to destroy guys' confidence, right? Like, yeah. like you said, you, you, you want to get the guys that five was going to go to nine. He was worried that five was yeah. going to go to nine. Yeah. Right, exactly. but here, here's the thing. This is why I say, why would you want your young kids in this environment right now? 
Why would you want to bring up Cole Caulfield when you know they play so bad defensively? There's a chance of him going minus three. Why would you bring up Caden Primo when you know that there's a chance that he can get shelled for five goals? It's just send them back down to love once again. The American Hockey League is a development league. Folks, I want to see Primo and I want to see uh, Caulfield and I want to see Norlander as much as everybody else. I do. But I want to see them in Montreal for as long as possible. And I want to see them play to their potential as long as possible. And I want to see them be able to maximize their talent and their potential. I don't want them to come here in a losing environment get booed, affects their confidence, and, you know, just so they could help out the team and fill a role. No. I, I want the Canadians organization to think of these players first before they think of what's happening here because what's happening here is a lost season. Forget about it. They're not going to make the playoffs. The St. Louis's of this world being last by January <laughs> and going on to win the Stanley Cup – That happens every eclipse. It doesn't happen all that often. By the way, I have no idea how often an eclipse happens. It's the first thing that came to my mind, Jared. Well, I mean, you know, if you're looking at, at history, I mean, this is a team that was bad the last two years and still made the playoffs. So maybe that's what they're hoping for this year. Maybe they're hoping that, you know, a technicality gets them back in the playoffs uh, as a 24th team in the league again. But no, it's, it's, yeah, I agree with you. Listen, you know, I, I do wonder if if Michael McNiven didn't say what he said a couple weeks ago, if he wouldn't have been the guy called up um, when when Jake Allen went down and not Primo. I think he would have. Uh, and I, and, and I, I think that that's why he's here, right? It, it was clear when they when they when they uh, claimed Samuel Montembeau on waivers that they didn't want Keaton Primo to be the backup, right? It's clear that that's what the that's why that move was made. Yeah. So at at that point. Calling him up now, yes, it's a little bit different because Allen's the guy who went down, and so there's not no clear number one between Montembeau and Primo. But at the same time, I, I just don't think that playing behind this defense is, is good for him unless they want to show him, listen, the, the little things in your game that you're getting away with in the AHL isn't going to work. And so, you know, for a couple of games here and there, is, is it worth it? But at the same time, you have to develop these players. And, and You're right. You're right. It's... It's 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 tough. It's it's a tough thing to be. It's a tough place to be in because, you know, you look at Ryan Paling. You know, he played what ten minutes at five on five today. It's yeah. just It's it's I I I liked him getting called up because I thought he deserved it. But I was shocked when Cole Caulfield got called up this morning. Uh, I I was yes he had a good game in Laval, but it, it just when they sent down Jesperi Kotkaniemi a few years ago, they had no intention of calling him up. Right, I'm not and, shocked, Jared, because you said it. There's no plan right now. It's pay no, as you go. Exactly. Pay. Everyone's yeah. on a cell phone plan. The Canadians are on pay as you go. You saw including, including the GM. The GM is month to month too. Yeah, the GM is month to month too. Yeah, probably even day to day. You saw uh, Sidney Crosby at the Bell Center. You can go to sportbuffshop.com if you want to buy his jersey or a Penguins jersey of any player in the league, any sport, any player for all your officially licensed sports apparel and our sick merchandise as well. Use code SICK15 for 15% off on all of their items. Okay. Bluger scores with six seconds left in regulation on Montembeau on a breakaway. Final score, Pittsburgh 6, Montreal 0. My question to you in ending, in 30 seconds, uh, Jared Book of Habs Eyes on the Prize is, 
Does somebody get fired tomorrow? Uh, you know, you could have asked me this question every day for the last couple of weeks. I would say yes after every loss, but six nothing at home. If it doesn't happen now, when? That's my question. If it doesn't so, happen after losing six nothing at home to a team that had lost three in a row, was outscored fourteen to five in the process, was seventh out of eight place out of eight teams in the Metropolitan without Evgeny Malkin in their lineup. And Crosby had only had one point in three games. The Canadians, statistically, the second worst team in the entire National Hockey League. They've given up five-plus goals eight times this year. Six-nothing is their worst loss of the season. Jared, I'll agree with you. If it doesn't happen now, it probably won't happen all season. On that note, I say goodnight. Thanks, Jared. We'll talk to you soon, bud. Thanks for having me. Is this a joke? And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow The Sick Podcast on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Cherry River Hard Seltzer. Only 90 calories, natural flavors, and no preservatives. Now available in Quebec Grocers and the Beer Store. And Johnny Bootlegger's Whiskey Old Fashioned is both refreshing and authentic to the classic cocktail. Available now at Saks near you.